I want to talk about this story and mate. Um, why don't people like you? I mean, how much time have you got? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Side Select, where we have some nice, grumpy men talking about some nice, grumpy esports topics. Uh, we're going to be talking about CSGO today, some LEC as well, and, honest, and, and of course, a whole topic dedicated to Mr. Esports himself. That's going to be fun. I imagine a little bit of popping off on that one. I'm excited. You're not my ego, are you? If I said I am Esports, <laughs> why do people keep bringing it up all the time? So what I'm saying is, you, you know, listen, if you want to imply I'm not, then, you know, just act accordingly. No, no, how can we imply you're not? Clearly, you, you are. We're still talking about it, uh, however far on it is, and I'm... I'm looking forward to that part of the show. Um, as always with uh, with the, the show, I have to start talking about food. Last time I you don't apparently have to, it's, it's your no, style. We do. Too, no, we, we get do. it. Okay, fair enough. No, we do have to. Hands are tied. And okay. here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Last time I didn't ask about food, and you guys said I was copping out. Okay, right. Okay. But now I actually do have quite an interesting question. Right, legit. If you Go into a greasy spoon and you get yourself a fry up. What do you take off and what do you put extra on? Okay, like for Americans, greasy spoons just a diner, like a low class diner. And then obviously, he's talking right. about if you have like the full English breakfast, like think about like sausage, eggs, bacon, eggs. the blood sausage, yep. the fucking toasts, beans, uh, bacon. That's usually about it, isn't it? Hash browns, maybe. I know that's more of Americanisms, but they'd become a thing. Mushrooms, tomatoes, whatever. It really depends where you go as well. Basically, what is your classic subtraction? And addition, if there is Or if there's an addition. I will say this. I, in general, just out of laziness, I tend not to ever subtract things from meals. I just get the meal and pick the thing off. Like, I'm not the person who's going to get them in some fast food place to make me a whole nother burger without a slice of cheese. I don't like cheese, but who gives a fuck? It's a piece of cheese on a burger and I get over it. So all I'll say is like, this is actually one of the rare times I do take something off though, Foxdrop, which is Mm -hmm. I do specifically tell them, I don't really care about mushrooms. If they have that, I leave it on when I'm not not gonna eat them. But I do tell them, take that blood sausage off. I'm just not a fan of that, unfortunately. For whatever reason, it's mainly just my family background and where I'm from the North East. that just wasn't our thing. We just weren't into eating that. So unfortunately, it's one of those things where if you've never eaten it, you're not going to start now as like mm. an adult man. Like you, I think that and seafood you have to start when you're a kid. Otherwise, it's just like even just the texture in the world. For me, that's not my realm. That's like an alien world to me. So I stay out of the blood sausage game, boys. Hey, no blood sausage. Keep telling me, uh, you, as you can imagine, just like with every everything that's mildly whack, anime, fucking League of Legends, they all do try and oversell the fuck out of it. Like I had one where I won't say which country it was somewhere. Like it was one of like fucking Balkan countries. They were trying to tell me, like, no, you have got to have it, and you've got to try this soup, blood soup. And I went, yeah. wait a minute. So you are just telling me it's a, it's a bowl of That's blood. True. And they're like, no, no, it's delicious. Like that, you don't fuck you. Like, you're not, you're not going to trick me with that. Like, it's just a bowl of blood, isn't it? Like, like listen, mate, listen. I've, I've, I've been trying to like, that. and that's it. That's it. I had that with um with 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 Japanese cuisine. I swear to God, something about the casting scene and, and esports. It's everyone enjoys Japanese cuisine, and and everyone's a closet okay. weirdo. And uh, yeah, so they got me down to the Wagamamas and that. Oh, you gotta try this ramen. You've never had ramen. That's crazy. It was it was go. gross. Literally, I, 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 maybe that's just a Wagamamas ramen. I don't know, but the it was it was generally for me 
I would generally argue that it was something I, I disliked it so much it was inedible. I got up, <laughs> I got up from the restaurant, went next door to the burrito place, and just got your bog standard chicken and <laughs> rice burrito. Yeah. Like maybe I'm uncultured, but I really did not enjoy that. Anyway, Rich, what is your go-to addition slash subtraction from your greasy spoon fry up? See, the thing is, you say that they're like closet weeaboos or whatever, but I wish they fucking were. I feel like oh, I, I can't escape it I in the esports realm. It's like, oh, look at me watching anime with my sushi. It's like, just go live there, mate. No one's stopping oh. you. Like, come on, let's look, get I'm it eating over pocky. with. It's yeah. like, that's not even nice, mate. No one likes that shit. Here's a super zoomed up shot of my boba tea or whatever it's called. Like, brilliant, amazing. Wow, are you actually half Korean? Anyway, so my thing with the blood... So I have a theory on, on blood pudding, right? Because blood pudding is the thing I would subtract as well. My theory is that blood pudding is actually just an objectively bad food. And the reason why I say this is because blood pudding is one of those things that when someone tells you they like it, they go, go so overboard about it that I'm like, you don't actually really like it. Or you do, but only a little bit. And you're so like impressed with yourself that you like this like weird thing. Exactly. Like that they have to just go so overboard. Right. It's like people who talk about how they like like their steak done. And they're like, oh, you see, most people like it, you know, medium rare or rare. When I say rare, right. I mean really rare. It's like, like we get it. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's like, I get it, mate. Yeah. You, you probably like sure. normal, medium, rare, but because you can stomach yes. it slightly more rare, you have to tell everyone, like, no, it's blood pudding. Playing, it still moves. Just, yeah, exactly. That's how I like it. Just a bad food. Now, the thing you, that... you, you realize humans are, we are just fundamentally flawed because for some reason, it, it, in every area we do this, like, it's like, oh, you're not drinking beer. Oh, what is it like? You could even be drinking pure absinthe, and the guy yeah. would be like, "You're not drinking an eight percent beer." Same thing with curries. If you don't know in the UK, because I noticed a lot of foreigners, this is a thing I had to learn when I went to other countries because they don't have the same curry culture. They just think a curry is a nice thing you eat. They don't know that stupid thing of like, "But you can't handle the one I'm having. Yeah. It's a fucking mega vindaloo." Like we are for some reason in British culture, we are just so we have to go to the extremes and be hipsters on everything, don't we? Like you yeah. can't just be like, "I just enjoy normal food." Like, that's not a thing. It's not. A, there's not an identity like that. I, no. I remember random <laughs> random side tangent there was this I won't say his name because he is actually an esports but I was in this bar uh, this uh, the, the weekend shout out for people who know that in Berlin it's like this rooftop bar I went to the bar to get a Jaeger bomb which obviously is just uh, fucking plopping what even is it it's oh yeah Jaegermeister with Red Bull or whatever right? yeah. yeah and the, I, it's called Jaeger bomb right and the guy yeah, next yeah. to me I was like because obviously I was in front I was like are you having one or do you want anything and he like peers over and he's like is that ethanol I was like what pure ethanol okay. <laughs> is it ethanol I like no and he's like I won't bother. No sense of irony whatsoever, by the way. This guy was just trying to like, obviously there's a small group of us sort of stood around and he just wanted everyone to hear that he probably drinks ethanol in his spare time. It's like, oh my goodness, who are you? Uh, anyway, yeah, sorry, back to the question. That has to be the most ridiculous hipstrang level. Like, listen, if it isn't pure ethanol, I'm not interested. Like, what are you, what are you talking about in a bar? Like, what? We're in some post-apocalyptic future, you know? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> So, so is it just the blood sausage? Yeah, would you have anything extra take off? Yeah. Is there anything else you take uh, off? No, I, I like mushrooms. I like beans. Like all the sort of classic stuff that some people don't like. I'm, I mean... Wait, if you're American, you've also never had the beans because they have a bean that looks the same. They're refried beans, you know, Rich. But it's not yeah. It's not all sweet like the Heinz beans is yeah. the problem. Like basically theirs just tastes like just like beans almost with no flavour. It's just like a savoury food, isn't it? So yeah, it's a different beans great. we're talking about here, guys. Different one. The, the thing I'll add, because obviously like classic add-on stuff like hash browns or whatever but the thing i would add like if i could choose to add it is probably actually maple syrup 
I fucking love maple syrup on cooked breakfast. It's so good. Like, oh, it goes so well with all of those things, with eggs, with fucking hash browns, all of it. So yeah, I'll say I'll say maple syrup. That's really interesting because I use like either egg yolk or the bean juice as my kind of yeah. I don't want to say sauce because that's like not really sauce. But do you know what I mean? That's the things you mix with that other stuff. Yeah. I stack, I mate. I have like I'll happily have like a little bit of mayo on the side, a little bit of ketchup, but you obviously the oh. bean sauce and maple syrup. I, I don't mind mixing sauce. That's also what if people don't know if you if you're a foreigner you've never had an English breakfast. Also, what makes it nice is exactly that. It's like the the real secret is there's like a meta game to eating it, isn't there? You don't just eat random yeah. items. Like yeah. basically, you need to eat like the egg and the beans earlier on, so that then as we say, like some of the sauce like of the yolk, for example, can go with like the toast or something or the hash brown or something like. Because there's another thing people don't understand, I've noticed. In British food, there's also like a functionality to it. Like you notice nearly every food that involves gravy comes with like bread or mashed potato to soak up the gravy. But if, you, if you're if you an idiot American who doesn't know how to even eat the food, that's right, you need bloody instructions like Ikea, how to eat the food. If you can eat the food in the right order, it's like one of those shit games that they advertise on Instagram by making the guy do the thing wrong over and over again. So your brain goes, hey, I could get that right. And it's like they've it's like that they just do that americans trying to eat in english the, the bread is actually the un unsung hero as well like you it need is. decent bread if you've got some shit sure. like fucking yeah. uncooked hovis white or something it's, i mean it's game over already if you have some like really nice yeah. sourdough or something then yeah that's 100% 100% you gotta soak all that up for me if i was gonna leave things off it's either it's the fried tomatoes or the mushrooms fried tomatoes i don't i don't really like tomatoes if they're if they're if they're if they're raw in any degree, I don't like them. And for me, grilled tomatoes still kind of taste raw. Like there's, it's, it's, it's just like liquid. Yeah. I'm not not really a fan of that. And mushrooms is, is a is an asterisk here. If it's if it's those baby mushrooms, you get like little ones knocking about. You get like you know like a dozen little dickheads on your plate. And sometimes I have a little bit of mushroom ooze on them. That's cool. That's fine. I can do that. I once had a fry up where they served one big like bat like head like of a mushroom. giant one. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like. Mm. That wasn't for me. So the thing is, they don't advertise on the menu fathead mushroom or baby mushrooms. They just say mushrooms. So it's a 50-50. But fortunately, I've only ever experienced the big fathead mushroom once. But that's not something I would personally recommend or want to experience again. Anywho, now that we've got the most important topic out of the way for today's episode, let's move on to some gaming and some esports. We'll start today with some Counter-Strike stuff. Uh, Stewie2k, one of the biggest names in North American Counter-Strike, he had some leaked DMs suggesting he uh, he might be retiring from the game. He's been playing a lot of Valorant recently as well. Uh, it looks like this could be just another NA Pro jumping from CSGO over to Valorant. I want to ask you guys, like, firstly, do you think that's going to happen? And secondly, on, the, on, the, on a broader scale of things... What does this mean for CSGO in NA specifically? Because this, you know, he's not the first one that's going to do this. He probably won't be the last. Um, yeah, how, how, what, what does this mean for the CSGO scene in North America? I'm going to start with you, uh, Rich. Yeah, pure, uh, the, the, the first thing about do I think it's likely to happen? First of all, if he'll retire and secondly go to Valorant, I would guess yes to both of those, mainly because I think this wouldn't necessarily be true of esports, say like 10 years ago or something, but... I feel like one of the overlaps now, and of course there's a lot of fucking fake forced overlaps that people try and make between esports and traditional sports, but one thing that gets said a lot in traditional sports that I think applies here is once you start doing things that basically demonstrate you're not fully committed, you better quit. 
you better go and either quit completely or do what it is that you want to do because for people who don't know like stewie's on um obviously eg they're kind of like a, they're not like a absolute top tier challenging for majors team right now but it's a, it's at a level where you can't just not take the game super seriously and be playing fucking 15 games of valorant a day and expect to keep your place and push your team on to be better he's also the in-game leader by the way who i would say coming from that's my background in-game leading in fps games you should be putting more time into the game than anyone that's your job description as far as i'm concerned so i don't know if he will or he won't i suspect he will and i think he should um and if you're not completely dedicated then yeah i think that's the path you should take in terms of if he goes to Baron or not again that does look like it's at least on the cards because of his match history basically clearly he's been playing a lot um in terms of if he should do that, and this is this part is completely second-hand information because I've never seen Stewie2K play Valorant, but um, I'm led to believe he's not that great at the game. I I can't vouch for that. I have no idea if that's true or not, but I'm told that, yeah, obviously... He's Someone really... said when he plays like the solo queue version, he wasn't even like Radiant or whatever. He'd never yeah. been close to the top of the game or anything. So yeah. So, That's again the second information for me as well. Yeah, again, I think I think he's got like one of the higher ranks, but he's not, yeah, the top rank. Right. And people have basically uh suggested that if he does, he'll be on like not a top team. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that's up to him. Uh, in terms of like, what does this mean for NACSGO? Obviously, it's something that's that's trending. And I would say it's not just a player trend, but I think this coupled with like the way orgs are trending in North America. This is a point that Thorin made on like a previous podcast. I think. I mean, North America is now currently like disproportionately supporting Valorant. Um, I mean, in large part, I think because everyone wants to get in bed with Riot, it's a lot easier to sell to your investors like the franchise Kool-Aid than it is to like try and explain an open circuit model and how that's definitely going to make money. I think especially North American owners can like holistically understand a franchise model and how that can potentially be good long term. So yeah, I am actually I, I am genuinely a bit concerned for for North American CSGO in, in in that sense. There's also historically been lots of logistical problems with the North American scene, obviously because first of all how spread out the country is, also with um adding like non-North American players. We've seen it recently, like Shox came out and spoke about it, like the added issues that he was having in terms of like being a European player playing on a North American org. Because of course it's not just that um, North American players are in the North American scene, right? Like back in the day, Luminosity, the Brazilian lineup, they were considered like a North American team in a sense because they were based there and playing out of there. And there have always been issues with that. Um, and obviously, they're, you know, your Cloud Nines and so on in the recent past as well have always done like boot camps in, in Europe. And yeah, it's just it's just hard, man. Like I think, it, I think there's just a lot of issues with having a, a North American team. So I'm not going to lie. Like I don't... Ne- because... In terms of like the overarching success and the, the percentage of teams in the top 10 or top 20 that are actually North American that are really good, even if it does start trending downhill in North America, I don't know that it will necessarily have like a major impact on the scene itself. But yeah, I can, I can actually see it um, having, a, having a setback. I don't know if that will be like a permanent death or whatever, but I actually can. I actually can see this happening again, chiefly because of how disproportionately... North American orgs seem to be angling towards Valorant over a CSGO, aside from this player stuff anyway. I think that puts a lot of pressure, honestly, on the Counter-Strike scene and the players specifically when they see their scene investing more into a different game and they're like, crap, you know, if I want to keep being a pro player, if I want to keep doing what I'm doing, I've got to play this other game. 
There's also that point, obviously, that was made about this whole thing, which is absolutely true, which is that you don't need to be a top, 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 top player to get decently compensated in Valorant. Like, it is also the easy way out, right? Like, it just is, like, in terms of, again, how, how the money uh, is, is divided in that sense. So it is kind of rigged right now against CSGO continuing to be sort of successful in North America. I mean, the problem with this whole topic is, like... If it'll die, actually is decided by, it's almost like it's. you could essentially take the conspiratory angle. It's just decided by a cartel of about 10 to 15 North American orgs. It's not the players. It's not the game. It's not what Riot does. But the reason why is because these people genuinely decide if they invest into a game or not. And unfortunately, right now, they, it's funny, they're the only people who do this. Aside from pro players, the only other entities that see CSGO and Valorant as the same thing and directly competing are the orgs that would be in Valorant or CSGO because to me I find it very bizarre like for example I actually think most of these orgs are morons what I would have done is this I'd have had a team in both games for the last two years that that way when it was possible spoiler I'm going to get to it in a minute it isn't anymore when it was possible to directly transition a CSGO pro into Valorant assume the game's easier and he can be competent you would even have had insane upside which is why the teams that did that the Cloud9s of the world did move players over when they were available so they didn't have the buyout fees and all that shit and you know, you can test him out and they can decide if you keep him or not right i i would have done that anyway i never would have decided like which one am i hitching my wagon to which is the winner because since they're both going to go into these totally drastically different business models there is no overlap between the two games and then the other thing i would say is this so the problem i see is this i think orgs look at the two games as similar and they have just decided because north american that's the way north america does business we always want to be part of a little franchise league where we buy our spot we can't be relegated we know that we've got our team for years so we can justify investment you get a rev share these are all the things that na owners want so i just think that already means they basically are going to choose and prioritize valorant then you've got this other angle which is just the way that you develop talent means that over time it's not that it'll die in csgo it will just become even more limited in csgo and here's why because in, if you want the next talents like who is the next stewie 2k who is the next swists who is the next elige at spoiler there are none those guys are in valorant that's the problem if people don't know like tens should be the next twists like these guys were supposed to be so the real problem you got is this you've kept the best of this generation and a couple of the people who were that close from making it so they stuck around and they're seeing if they can get their shot but all the grassroots talent they're not going to csgo they're going straight to valorant and they are just coming through valorant and then secondly because of that last detail i just mentioned and the fact that this isn't 2020 anymore the game has now been out for years in valorant like that whole thing that Stewie thinks, like he doesn't know he is so late to this party. It is mental. Like in this scenario, you're not only late, mate, you missed the last train. The last train was about a year ago. You could have done this switch of like, I am a big name in CSGO. Wow, here is a contract. Please play tomorrow in a top Valorant team. That doesn't exist anymore. The only people that even exists anymore is maybe if you're like the coach or a, or a legendary in-game lady, you might be able to get that because those are like experience roles and you can't make up for that with a brand new guy. But I will just say that like that idea that you're just going to walk over that's done like that was that if you haven't noticed it's been the other direction for last year it's that they come back from Valorant when they were the people who didn't have their heart in it and they realize by the way the game's getting really competitive right now in fact here's the other reason why they're going to be in a lot of trouble 
because in NA, it's also a bloodbath right now. Only two teams can go to the LAN each time, but NA is a major region. And all the it's like league. All the regions are getting competitive. It's not even just like a European and NA-only game. So in my opinion, like CSGO, it's the, the writing's already on the wall. Like This is somewhat decided already. It's just going to become way more limited. Like Eventually, CSGO will basically be largely a European game with a bit of North America, a little bit of South America, and then that's about it, actually, because sadly, the real tragedy of CSGO is obviously the Virginia region was bloody CIS region and all the stuff with Ukraine and Russia is going to chop that out so sadly we probably will go back in time sort of five to ten years and it'll be mainly Europeans again it'll sort of be someone from Ukraine against someone from fucking Norway from someone from Sweden and the odd NA team they might be like the seventh best team or something and the, the final thing I would say is this as well not only are they not able to re-up the raw talent like the next tens is the mechanical players but probably the area NA is fucked the most in because historically it was always their flaw is they have fuck all legendary in-game leaders they don't have like essentially if you're a league fan it's like if your region think about back in the day when europe had like yellow star and mythy and like you were like holy shit dude we've got we've got them all we've got all the leaders that na used to have all like no one that's why when core jj came along he just dominated na for years now well the premise is in csgo it's the same like either their guys retired or went to valorant already they don't have that many people so unfortunately if you think in europe like i'll give you an example the burgeoning team in europe was the team ends it came out of nowhere as an also run last year and is now one of the best teams in the world that's because they have a super experienced in-game leader who wasn't a massive status name but he was around in the scene those don't exist in NA like people like Steel were those guys and they've gone to Valorant so unfortunately I do think like I don't even think it's like will it die it's, like, it's going to it's just going to be a gradual death it's going to slowly lose its faculties one at a time it's not going to die instantly but it'll gradually fade out for, in terms of like put it this way a few years ago, when Team Liquid was the number one team in CSGO, NA was really strong back then. We had, like, two top five teams. Like, you could have potentially even had a third, maybe. That world has probably gone forever. I think that just is Valorant now. I think that's a really good point you bring up, actually, when, you know, if, from what you're looking at CSGO now versus Valorant now, it's, it's two images, whatever. But when you're thinking five years down the line, when you've got that budding-eyed, like, 13-year-old kid who's, you know, looking to... Who's, who's just that absolute wonder kid? He's playing Valorant now. He's not playing Counter Strike, sure. and that's that's a big problem. That's yeah. That I mean, I've always loved Counter Strike. You know, it's been around forever, and, and nothing's really challenged it. And now seeing Valorant, Valorant do that, it is honestly a little bit bittersweet. You know, it's been a, from like one point six the source to to where we are now. I don't want to see CSGO drop off from a selfish standpoint, but I mean, especially as you mentioned with investors, it is what it is. Like, if you're an investor, you want to go into the the market that gives you financial stability right and that's what riot always offers you so i mean i think the biggest yeah. the thing that makes it the most bittersweet though for me is that they did just steal the entire concept like it's not like oh it's a, it's call of duty you've come for this interesting angle and now there's a an alternative valorant let's be real they stole csgo and then they added some ability stuff and I'm not even saying that that's like a bad thing to do, like taking a good concept and then doing your own spin on it. Absolutely no problem with that. But the fact that it is, as you say, kind of like now they're stealing a little bit from each other's markets or whatever, when it is essentially you did just steal their game. Like to me, that is a bit sad. I thought you also made a good point on the um, the, the Stewie is kind of like Johnny come lately. Like the ultimate baller thing to do if you were like a peripheral star player, but not like actually competing to win majors uh super regularly the baller thing to do is to go over to valorant early win everything there is is to win immediately and then just retire 
or go back to CS at that point or whatever <laughs> and then just be like, yeah, I went to Valorant, shit was easy, I was the best, cleaned up, didn't I? And then disappeared. Because I was saying this for ages when people like Shazam were going over and like be, and being on the de facto best team. I was like, do you actually believe that Shazam is really good at Valorant? Do you actually think this guy is just a god-tier Valorant player? Or do you think that he has eight out of the 10 required skills honed over years and years and years of Counter-Strike, which are immediately transferable, and then he's kind of learned the other shit, and because they're in so early, he's gonna do really well. Which is more likely, that Shazam is actually a Valorant god, or guess what, he's still that tier two, tier three CSGO player, but he just goes over and is playing against people who never played CSGO before, right? Like, that was always going to happen. But smart, good for Shazam. For Shazam, that was absolutely the correct thing to do. Good for him. But yeah, as you say, I think for Stewie, he was he was kind of a Shazam. Uh, no, I'd say it was better than Shazam, but uh, that would be unfair to say Shazam. But he wasn't like an absolute world-class player for an extended period of time, and that would have been the time to do it. And now, yeah, he, as you say, he's missed the boat. Also, by the way, in case people don't know, because some people don't know the scene, EG were on some very healthy salaries as well in CSGO. That's the other real reason why people hate on that team. If you notice, that's the first team I've seen which almost captured like the Henry G era Cloud9 hate train thread. Because the problem is when people know, not only did you sort of decide the players, but you get paid the mega bucks. If you then win like fuck all games, you are going to have like scrutiny constantly, of course. Yes, it's going to be, and it will be even obviously disproportionate because there's other teams in history that had mega salaries people just didn't know always you know so they get they get to sort of like skate away but yeah unfortunately this is like the worst of all PR world because people know you're getting paid mega bucks you pick the team yeah. that shit and then on the other hand they hear you moonlighting in another game on the side you can sort of see why people are mad you know even if even if it might be misguided yeah well we'll move from one CSGO topic to another um women in esports has always been something that's been heavily debated in uh well since the dawn of time, really. Yes, yeah. Um. Uh, but but we've we've had uh, we've had Doja on his stream talking talking about it recently. He's given his perspective, and uh, I want to get you guys to to see uh, where you land on the topic as well. Someone asked him on his stream, like, you know, what do you think about uh, women gamers in in Counter Strike specifically? Why there are so few, and why there aren't as uh, you know competitive teams? Uh, and he said there simply isn't a big enough pool of of, of female players. Um. That seems like quite a, a basic answer for it. I'm sure the real answer is, or the real truth is, it's a bit more complicated than that. But still, what do you think about it? Because you know we haven't really seen any competitive uh, female players in the in the CS:GO space specifically, uh, and in esports in general, uh, and especially if if the if the player pool is is kind of dwindling, regardless. But you know, not just in CS:GO though, but like overall, I guess in general in esports. Um, do you think it's just a case of player pool? Do you think it's infrastructure? Um, do you think it's like, I know, for example, I believe this has been brought up. I think I think Rich mentioned this before as well. But you know, if you're if you want to be a professional player and, and you're and you're a guy, you know, you've got to be like you've got to grind to the top of the ladder. You've got to be truly exceptional to catch people's eye, and then you'll make a, a spot in a team. If you're if you're a woman and you want to become a professional player, as soon as you get like. Rel like a high rank but not necessarily like top top of the ladder and all will reach out to you and try and give you a spot because they they want to make a, a female team for pr reasons or, or whatever and so the incentive for you to really grind it out isn't quite there uh, and that might actually be detrimental to you know having women reach their full potential um do you do you think things like that play play a part as well um 
yeah, just give me your thoughts on that. I'll, I'll start again with you, with you, Rich, because I think you, you, I think you have you had some insights on this in the past when we talked about it. What, what do you think now? I mean, I would first say, by the way, the the organization that picked up on this and then made an article about it is an absolute disgrace. Uh, because if you if you go and you see the headline, the headline they thought was appropriate for this was oh, Dozier, no. and then inverted commas. The only issue of female esports is the amount of it. Which obviously that if you read, sounds almost like negative. Yeah, like no, it sounds like he's saying, yeah, yeah there's exactly. too much of it. Like yeah. I said, it's fucking everywhere, isn't it? And especially <laughs> because of like the 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 Saudi ESL project and stuff like that coming out recently and being a CS specific thing, him being a CS player. If you only read the headline, that will be your takeaway. It was my takeaway. I was like, oh my god, X God is popping off on females. What's going on here? But no, of course, it, nothing like it. So yeah, to answer the question, um, I think that. I mean, for, for people that don't know, uh, obviously I've been working, I still am working on a project sort of semi in conjunction with Riot. Obviously, I don't want any official affiliation with them whatsoever, as I've made very clear to them. But we're basically working on a um, way to kind of build the professional side of it. Now, in terms of what he said, in, in, in terms of like the pool of, of players, it's a bit of a different issue because obviously um you're talking about essentially it comes down to marketing right and i think there's like a few factors here because you know people to give an example like people talk about um in games in general like the lack of strong female leads in video games not a problem in a game like league of legends right like there's millions of them in counter-strike obviously it's counter-terrorist versus terrorists or whatever but like i don't think that's necessarily like a problem i think that's more of like a red herring i don't think generally people care too much about that and as i said the proof's kind of in the pudding because if you look at the player split on a game like league of legends it's not massively dissimilar to other games and there are fucking hundreds of female characters it, by definition strong and powerful so i don't think that's like a, a massive issue even if it is a somewhat an issue um next big talking point right like toxicity towards females is it a real issue yeah sure how quantifiable is it how big an issue is it I, I don't know, to be honest. I think it's very difficult to gauge that, especially because there's so much toxicity in the gaming community in general. Like, men, you know, it's like, uh, you know, men hate on men all the time in gaming. Men hate on women, and some men will specifically seek out and hate on women as well. So is that a problem? Yeah, sure. How quantifiable is it? Don't know. I don't think that's, again, like a leading issue, even if we put it in the issue pile. I think it's more to do with a societal thing, which is that, for whatever reason video games have always been sort of marketed towards guys and seen as like a guy thing like you know playing in your mum's basement or going to your mates to, to an arcade back in like late 80s early 90s stuff like this was always seems like a quote-unquote boy thing and I can't really put my finger on it particularly other than obviously like marketing strategies or whatever like if you look at something like Hot Wheels right that's like a meme in the UK Hot Wheels adverts are like the most boy-centric marketing thing you've ever seen like Hot Wheels and then there's a massive thing of flames and the cars go through like a ring of fire and there's two kids with their dads like saying hell yeah like that kind of thing i guess on a lesser level has always kind of applied to gaming as well and i can't really put my finger on why that is i think it's just a stigmatized thing and i think that is the main reason why from a player pool perspective i'm not talking about why girls who are in the pool don't reach the top but from a player pool perspective i think that's the leading thing and i'll give you like an interesting analogy actually because my brother was complaining about this the other day um he has a very young child and they're buying you know sh shit for their kid and he says 
he finds it so weird that whenever you go into like a baby shop or a young kid's like clothing shop, that all the boys stuff has dinosaurs on. It's like, why are dinosaurs a male-centric thing? Like, why is that marketed towards males and not females? Like, dinosaurs, it's like animals. It's like a cat. Like, why would a cat be marketed, like, more towards females than males or whatever? I mean, even that actually has more of a sort of somewhat parallel because the way cats manoeuvre is kind of uh, deft and almost feminine in that sense. Like, they move with grace, let's say. So even that has more of a connection. But dinosaurs, like, dinosaurs are so eclectic and... You know, there's, it's, yeah, it's just so weird. And I think video games kind of comes into that category when there isn't really a real reason other than early video games, even like Space Invaders involve shooting stuff. So guns, males, military, like, I think that is the main, the leading thing though. When we talk about specifically about player pool, again, not the path to pro, but player pool, I feel that girls instinctively think that video games are a guy thing. I think that's interesting I think it's a good point, honestly. And these, but these are the kind of things that are like almost impossible to quantify. You know, like it's it's re really hard for you to say with any with any true kind of like empirical evidence that, that this is why or that's why or this is why. You know, what I mean, because I, I I think that's a very good point that you bring up. Like it's just society speaking. You know, even if you just go on, I don't know if you any of you you guys are probably too old to use TikTok now, but even if you're going on TikTok, it's all about how you know the their girlfriends are like, oh, I just wanted to go shopping, and now my boy is sitting playing like Xbox with his friends or something, or like he can't communicate with me, but he can give specific callouts for his, oh, right, his the main, no, yeah, well, exactly yeah. right. Even even little things like that, you know, it's almost just like a society thing where you know it's the blokes that are just they're the gamers right even are you winning son it's not are yeah. you winning daughter is it like if yeah. you were going to create a meme like that that it would always be done using a male yeah. format and there's no real reason for that and as you the tiktok thing is a great example as well actually because tiktok in a weird way like these creators obviously believe they're being super creative but all they're really doing is pulling from like really traditional like aged sort of uh memes if you like or like uh, mm. societal observations that are almost archaic but they're being rehashed through things like tiktok and it's yeah as you say it's like oh my god my boyfriend doesn't have time for me but he has time for his online friends and i'm gonna make a 10 second video about it like again a lot of it's hashtag didn't happen but they just think it'd yeah. be funny to do and to perpetuate so yeah it's, all rel it's relatable right yeah. why is it you know that's i know yeah it's yeah it's 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 funny how that, that stuff's kind of, yeah, how that affects it. Um, but anyway, Thorin, I'm I'm curious about your opinion as well. Like, what do you think is really oh. keeping the numbers of of like female esports players down, and and why we don't we still don't have any like big big teams or anything like that? Uh, first of all, this just shows how little self awareness people in esports in general have. Because here's a story I'm about to relate to you. In something like 2013 or 2014, there was a female Counter Strike tournament. I think it was like a Nations Cup or something. And Dorsier played in place of a girl who I think was his girlfriend and just dominated the game. And it was revealed later it was him secretly doing it. So the idea he would later go, problem with women's gaming is not enough women. Yeah, no shit. 
You're fucking <laughs> pretending to be one, you idiot. Well, so that's already mad in itself that you'd ever bring I've that up if you were someone who It's amazing, isn't it? Like yeah, these so people good. are so shameless in esports. They're so feckless and shameless. It's mental. And then secondly, on the whole topic, since you guys went super abstract, I'll do the same thing. My problem with this whole topic starts even in the question. If you don't know, by the way, it's now you know people who've actually had any academic experience. Here's here's a little pro tip for you. If you ever have to write an essay, here's how you immediately get the essay reviewer's attention and get him interested in your take. The first thing you do is deconstruct the question of the essay. You don't just take it at face value and go, right, well, if he says that's the question, why did Germany at this time? What you do is you ask initially. Like, So the question is asking, why did they characterize the actions of Germany in this way? In doing so, what you show is that you understand the mechanisms of like, why is that a question essentially? What's important about this? What is the significance of this question? So I would start there because I find the entire topic so weird. Like, here's what's weird. Think of that question. Why aren't there more women in gaming? I don't know. Have you tried asking women who don't play games? Like, what? Like, I don't even get what the premise is. Like, remember, playing professional video games isn't on, like, Maslow's hierarchy of, like, needs that a human has. It doesn't go, like, food, shelter, professional video game. Like, that's not even on there. That's a totally luxury job and or hobby. Like, you can do that. By the way, spoiler, there's fuck all people playing probably from some African tribe, male or female, in Counter-Strike. So, what, are they just not into it over there? Oh, they maybe didn't have adverts when they were young in the tribe about play this video. No, they don't have fucking video games, do they? So what I find so weird about this topic is I just trust that people do what they're into and whatever they're interested in they'll find their way there because what I hate about this angle here is the whole thing's just gaslighting from day one notice it's a completely contrived conceit here's the conceit guys the conceit goes you two people in this call are in your career right now and really interested in esports because culture and your family constantly told you from day one it's amazing and you should do these things it's just pure gaslighting your entire life as a kid, your parents told you, get off that computer, get outside, stop wasting your bloody time with games. Only a couple of years ago, they were doing articles about Tyler One saying he's like a weird obsessive over games. A few years before that, we're all the school shooters and the domestic terrorists, aren't we? Because we play video games. Then when you're young, all the women in your life are going, you fucking loser, you're never going to get any pussy, what? You're, oh, it's a bloody video gamer, is it? Like, the joke is women themselves helped create the stigma of why men were shamed for playing video games. And then 10 years later, a younger version of them wants to go, why was it? I invited. No one was invited. It was by definition a nerd culture where you didn't choose to be in this culture. It's like Bane's pit. You were thrown into it by being rejected from society. Like, I'd even take Rich's angle there. I've got, I, when I reframe it, like, this is going to sound very different. Me. Do you want to know why they have dinosaurs and space stuff all over the little boys? Because what adult have you ever met who was obsessed with dinosaurs and space or trains or military things, Rich? That was a woman. You've never met them ever. They might have a poster on their wall. The guy who knows every single train line and which train goes on that route. The guy who knows all the names of the dinosaurs. And that's a fucking weird autistic male, by the way. It's not even a normal man. That's a very weird type of man. So the premise here is the people who market things aren't idiots, mate. They don't want to make half the money. If you could successfully market video games to four-year-old girls, they would. And they would make fucking millions off them. My premise goes like this. I think you can only, in my opinion, marketing is like you can guide people. You can't just like straight up pick them up and chuck them over here. You can't sell them something they don't want at all and has nothing relevant, right? So in my opinion, part of the reason, as far as I can tell, women don't aren't a massive part of esports specifically 
is because they weren't even in general gaming about 10, 15 years ago. And esports, remember, is the most hardcore 1% of the 1% of hardcore gamers. It's people who don't just play games hardcore. They play one bloody game for like 10 years. They just invest their whole life into it. By the way, that's weird for men. That's not even normal male behavior. We are, if people don't get it. We are really weird guys. The people on this show now and the people watching this show, this is a very weird, super niche, intense pastime you've picked because you're not, even though we're pretending, we're pretending like we're talking about this, like we're Roy Keane and fucking Gary Neville and this is like football tonight on Sky. It's not. That's like got way more social cashier. We're more like weirdos in a D&D club or something talking about the new expansion. Like we're still way more in that worldview. So I hate the whole gaslighting that like it's this paradise utopia for men and that we're all getting everything. It's almost like a privilege argument all over because here's the one angle that kills me on this topic is first of all female csgo csgo is the game that has had the most female competition in the history of esports it has had it, until a couple of years ago it had like a dedicated i'm going to say like 10 to 15 year stretch where every year there were world championships there were like 10 to 20 teams had full-time salaries there were loads of competitions in this game so by the way why does why do the men then have to make the women better at the game what is this like you know that doesn't even work for men like i have a joke for you rich you know when people complain there's actually a joke i have on men you know when a random guy on the CSGO subreddit will complain like, oh, this woman only has a job because she's like a woman. Like, she's not even as good as the 1,000th like male. It's like, yeah, you know what? That applies to NA CSGO pros, you moron. In League of Legends, right, there's people who are playing pro League of Legends in LCS now that aren't as good as the 2,000th best Korean player. That's not about him being a man. That's about the, the demographic of NA gets you a gig that you don't get otherwise. Now, does that woman get the gig because she's a woman? No, she has to be the best of the women. But yes, being a woman is part of the threshold so if you can see the distinction there like my problem with that is it's exactly like that like you do gain inherent advantages on the lower level like rich said where you can get the initial opportunities so already that is a path to pro that doesn't exist in male ces so my problem basically is as a general rule, you could look at the fact there aren't as many women and say things like, are the incentives right or are they, are they encouraged? Yeah, that's true. But when you talk about specifics like being a pro, I think it makes this whole argument look silly. Like, for example, I'm sorry, do you know the reason why when people like, you know, the old school examples, like I think it was Jackie Robinson was that like baseball player who like couldn't play in baseball because at the time it was racially segregated. Yep. But he was so amazing, Foxtrop, in like the black league that they had. I think it was even called the Negro League, believe it or not. He was, he was so amazing in their version of the league that like eventually he broke through and then eventually that was like that opened up the floodgate and eventually all these black players came into baseball because the premise went once one person has one and he's better then the other people are going to go fuck I should get someone as well like is there any more talent over there right basically in that scenario he didn't just sit back and go well I mean the game's literally racially segregated against me guess I won't try no, what he did was kept, he went like, there isn't even a path for me to go pro, but I'm just going to keep fucking trying because I love baseball, it's my shit, and I want to be excellent. That approach will mean that eventually if there is a woman who's good enough, she'll make it. She'll make it even in this system now. The problem I have has just been that essentially what I'm implying is I haven't seen anyone like that, unfortunately. Like, I've never seen anyone who was like a simple talent. I've never seen someone who was a get right or an Olofmeister. I've seen people who were decent. And unfortunately, it, it goes a lot more to what Rich said there. This is actually why, we're, this is why people don't understand what Semler's point was trying to make at the end of last year. Semler was actually trying to argue in favor of how you could help women get better at CSGO. And his premise was what Rich just said, essentially. If you have, if instead, the pro scene of female CSGO operates as like, right, once you get to this threshold, well, take you out of the general population. Don't play with men anymore. You're coming over the female side. You just play in this league here. Actually, all the incentives there say you won't ever go back into general population and go to the top of the male game because, by the way, men probably wouldn't do that if they had to. Like, like I've 
like my example there, if you had an NACS Go League and it was only for NA players and it had like three times more money, mate, actually, right now, the fuckers like the Stuart Kids in the world, they just go straight there. They wouldn't keep trying to compete against fucking Simple and Nico and Zero. They'd just go, fuck that noise. I'm just going to go be the champion of the NA League. So you can do that. It's just unfortunately, now, you, now what you're battling is you've got two different sets of incentives. One set of incentives there is you can play professional as a woman and we'll start to give you some exposure. But if you notice, that's different from trying be the best you can no matter what gender sex you are and then at the end did any women make it to the top of the male game i think to me those are two totally divergent paths they don't have to be but they are and at the moment everyone's leaning towards the one that means just give them the tournaments but then they're claiming they're doing it to get the better players so i think the main problem is you have to ask what do you want do you just want women in the game by any means necessary? if you can we can do that but having women be like as good as men that's a totally separate issue to me so i think the whole thing's nonsense and the reason why i get so annoyed when it's made of battle of the sexes is it isn't a battle of the sexes this is a battle of the most extreme tiny cross-section of men versus potentially what would be that tiny cross-section of women it isn't about how good am i versus a female cs GoPro. that's not even relevant to this discussion but i, I would i would just ask you something on a, on one of the on. the earlier points that you made which is uh, true about um you know uh, the the marketing and the reality of women in general being in gaming is a relatively recent thing right if hypothetically and obviously none of us can know but hypothetically in a hundred years do you think there will be in game and forget all the fake stats they put out involving candy crush and the 50 50 oh, talking about real games like oh, yeah. esports whatever oh, no, do, going. do you think that there will it will actually even out do you actually do you believe that there will be a time when games like league of legends actually have close to a 50 50 pool or do you believe that inherently it's not just that marketers know that they can take advantage now by going to a known market, which is focusing more on guys, but actually maybe they believe, or maybe even you believe, or people believe in general, that marketing towards women will never be 50-50, or it will never be, there'll never be a time when gaming or the kinds of games that we're talking about are ever 50-50. Like, what, what's your take on that? Do you believe that they're actually sort of, yeah, they, they're just doing short-term success, but they actually think that eventually women will be in, so they're not incentivized to do it now because they're short-term profits. Or do you think that eventually we will have more of a 50-50 split in in top esports first of all what makes these discussions really boring is people who cannot break the mental framing that goes like this if you say something is happening you want it to happen right already in my opinion you're a moron if you're on that line so i don't i won't bother going beyond that but anyone who gets lost in that you're just lost mate like it's that's just the way the world is it's calling reality what reality is doesn't mean you want it to be that way sometimes quite the opposite but that's step one is diagnose the situation so my problem is this i actually think long term it won't be much different to the breakdown we have now mate like here's the point in general gaming like you say if you want to count like candy crush there are tons of women gaming if you want to go really hardcore esports like i said even of the men it's the super nerds that are doing the hardcore esports side mate. it's not even like gen this is why the whole thing's gaslighting the general male doesn't follow esports he doesn't play esports games the general male plays call of duty and fifa they play even if they play counter-strike they play a matchmaking game they're not trying to be pro they're not even watching the pro scene so the whole thing's nonsense same thing of why i said it's gaslighting of what reality was like for you in your life when you were a boy you none of you guys had sisters or cousins who were women and said come and play this game they weren't interested 
did. They didn't want to play. You could even no one was there was no there was no dad in the room going, hey, get off that, get her off that Nintendo. They wouldn't accept your bloody offer. In fact, back then they looked down on gaming like everyone did. It wasn't some super cool pastime, guys. They present now like it's the like the, it should be everyone's aspirational dream to want to play esports games. I don't know why. Spoiler, they're not even that good. Like it's, it, just, it's just done in weird ways. Do you think any of that though is to do with like societal conditioning, like in the same way that? You don't? Okay. You might have heard of the famous Norwegian gender paradox. Have you heard of this scenario? Uh, I'm not sure. In countries like Norway and Sweden, because they have an enormous social um, safety net and universities free and you can go do any course you want, etc. It means that you can just choose what you want your life to be. Well, spoiler rich, when you allow people choice like that, they conform even harder to to sex and gender norms. As in, the the men all become the guy, an engineer, the the person who takes out the trash is only a man, the one who works in daycares. That just, they they self-sort. That's why I'm saying the joke about this is I don't think people have really stopped and thought about this. Here's the difference in philosophy. You guys are talking, not not intentionally, it's just the way the phraseology is coming across. You're almost talking like you guys were the central planners of the Soviet Union and you're going to tell people how to live their lives. I'm saying I just let everyone choose what they want to do with their life and do what interests them. And if you leave that approach, it just seems that not that many women are interested in being a hardcore professional Counter-Strike video game player. Like, I don't find that weird. Maybe I'm the weird one i don't find that unusual i wouldn't have expected they would be what i also find really sinister that's why i hate about this whole discussion is who the fuck pretended like i just implied there who pretended being a pro counter-strike player is like a universally inherently good thing to do like i'll give you an example i always say this you might notice i'll take this conversation with a different analogy you might get my point on this notice how i always make this argument i'm very clear about this i always argue that yes Westerners, particularly North Americans, are too lazy. They don't like to have discomfort with their coaches. They don't want to have to work extra hours. But I always do say at the end of all that, I also don't think you should practice the way Koreans and and Chinese people do. I actually think it's no life to live. I think it's the opposite of a life. I think someone like Faker did the most amazing things in a video game ever. And if you looked at what his actual life was like, you wouldn't want that life. You would not aspire to be this man. He just sat in front of a PC for 10 years. That's what he did. He had fuck all time off. Even like, he's not even going to restaurants, guys. He's just getting like takeaway chicken wings and stuff like that. There's not even any aspirational. It's not like in the West. Like I always say in the West, the dream is... Yes, you're the best player and you win the championships. Then you go home to a mansion in a Lambo with a supermodel wife and you have the summer off. That doesn't exist in some of these. So in the same way, the esports industry isn't even at the point where you'd tell like your daughter, I want you to do it. The joke is you wouldn't say that to your son either. You'd go, look, if you're really into it, fair play, I'll support you. But right now it's a bloody nightmare, this industry. And, and quite frankly, it's a meat grinder that'll churn everyone up anyway. So I think the whole thing's a mixture of like Star Trek, the next generation, like futurism of like, imagine the utopia mm. where we are all like, that's it. Listen, as a as an abstract concept, that's not bad. I don't really see the relevance of it right now. Like, for example, if we just didn't have enough good players, then yeah, getting players from every angle. And we like lack it. Does a player have to be a woman for it to, to be some sort of extra angle? Because the last thing I would say is this. A reason I think I go so hard against this is one thing I was always against in esports was the notion of progress. As in progress is just a blanket term and it just means unequivocally always the game has to be getting bigger and having more people follow it, have more money and more attention and that is always a good thing. It isn't always a good thing in my opinion. So I actually don't think necessarily that the idea that like we've got to have more women 
make a good reason why. Is there a reason why you'd like more women? Like, for example, is it that you know a woman you'd like to play the game? That's, that's one reason. I don't know why indiscriminately just having more women's brilliant. Like, it, I don't even know if these games need to get bigger in general. They already seem pretty big to me. The bigger they get, it seems like the money starts to have compromises and there you have all the political shit and it makes the game more... Like, the joke now is, like, someone can get banned for some shit related to China where they said the wrong thing. Like, I, I think already money causes problems. So if, if you can come up with a good reason as to why they would be involved, great. But I mean, I, just, be, I don't know what they, what's impelling everyone is what I want to know. Yeah, to, to be honest, because obviously, I, I mean, I... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, you're caveat. the one you're trying to do it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, caveat. I'm, I'm biased because this is yeah. something that I'm working towards. Understandable. Well, the, yeah, the reasons uh, I would give for why I think it would be a good thing. And again, you can't force something that's impossible. And I think something that's really important to me, the most important thing about what I'm doing is that if it doesn't work, if lots of the things that we've talked about today and, and what, you, what you believe is, is a likely scenario, for example, projecting into the future, those things could definitely be true. And what I'm doing, I'm trying, I'm trying to do two birds, one stone, where basically it either works. And again, this is a very niche, a single game, and it's the top of the game. It either works, in which case, brilliant. And I'll say why I think that's brilliant. Or it doesn't, in which case, also good, because then at least we categoric, I'm trying to structure it in a way where it will give some pretty categorical reasons for why it might not work and maybe right. why we shouldn't pursue okay. certain angles about certain things. But obviously, primarily, I'm hoping it works. I hope it's a big success. And I want to see lots of women at the top of the game and in gaming in general from selfish perspectives and also more ab uh, abstract perspectives. I think having top female players in the game, first of all, I think that it will help increase the pool of women, not necessarily from a, you know, little girl at home being like, oh, I want to be like her, but just being like, oh, cool. I didn't really realize that this was even like a thing whatsoever. I think there will be like a modicum of diffusion that works that way. I think there is with everything when you see someone that looks, again, I don't want to get into like representation in Hollywood because I think stuff like that can get way overblown as well and go too far the other way. But I think representation does matter and it can impact things and I think everything comes up with it I think the money in the game the opportunities the branding again from a selfish perspective to represent a, a girl who's at the top of League of Legends say she's going to make a shit ton of money everyone's going to want to sponsor her. I'm going to want to be her fucking agent let's be real and the amount of money and eyeballs from the female demographic I believe even if it's not proportionate to the males will increase as well and i think the games will get better i take your point that bigger bigger is not always better like it's definitely not and you can lose control or things can snowball in a very very ugly ways right but i don't think the introduction of females would do that i think that generally speaking when i look at the game and imagine what would it be like if 20 percent of all the top pros in counter-strike and league of legends were female I think that would be a good thing. And by the way, socially, I think it would be a good thing. Not, I'm talking from like a viewer perspective or whatever. I'm thinking specifically of League of Legends. These people who've reached the top of the game have had such, un I mean, you alluded to it, such unbalanced lives. They've missed out on so many social aspects to being balanced humans. A lot of them, it's quite hard to, to diagnose uh, autism, for example, in esports because sometimes they just haven't been exposed to life at all. So they're, they're giving off autistic traits, but you don't even know if they have Asperger's, if they have other issues or whatever. I think having a uh, exposure to, to more exposure to the other sex at the top of the game and thinking about ways that you can sort of 
you know, talk to different kinds of people in the context that you would normally talk with just among your male friends or whatever, I think that could only be a good thing. Right now, it's at an awkward crossroads because there are so few of them. Every time you get one girl who's like even close to it, it has the opposite effect because it's like, oh, panic. Now you've basically thrown like a flashbang in the room and no one knows how to react, right? But if it was a somewhat normalized thing with, as I said, like 20% of the pool or whatever, I actually think that socially it'd be really good for these young people who, as I said don't go outside really they don't touch grass they do just generally sit in front of their computers and speak with like-minded male friends and they're not really exposed to other points of view or perspective so i actually think there's like a whole host of reasons why it's good though i completely take your point that it should not be like a default like i think you should put people like me or whoever on the spot and be like tell me why it's a good thing and i think they should have to give you an answer or they don't deserve to give an opinion saying it's not you can't just say no it's not good uh, or yes, it is good, and then not elaborate on that. Like fuck you, then I don't care about your opinion. But yeah, I, 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 me personally, I think it would be a good thing generally. You notice the main thing I'm annoyed by is just this fake framing of the whole discussion. Like the joke is, you might have seen this when there was the whole furore over the female CS:GO league. I'm not joking. Ninety percent of comments from women generally in gaming, not esports, they didn't know CS:GO. They thought this was the first ever attempt at a female league of any capacity in the history of esports. That's how off the fucking pace they were of what the discussion even was. Even, whereas the reality was, it was more like, how do we structure the fucking WPT? That was more like what it's like, the tennis thing for women. So it was more yeah. of that discussion. So the other problem I have goes like this. Basically, the reason I hate that framing is it's never used, like you're saying, like to say this is why like women could bring something to the game or they could develop more. It's always used. The punchline is, therefore, it's all men's fault. Men are shit. Like, that shouldn't even be in this equation because now you're talking about how do you get women to do it. It's nothing to do with men on this one. So the problem I have is this. There's two angles here, I'll say, and this will be my final point. It goes like this. Either one... You can't keep saying that it's men that are putting women down and holding them back if women then choose not to watch the female tournament. They chose that. No one was controlling the zapper or the TV. Like, if you have a women's tournament and no women watch it, then either A, there were no women, or B, they don't want to watch it. Either of those is actually pretty damning right now for this project. And the problem is, neither are addressed. It's pretended that there are loads of women. That's why this project's needed. But at the same time, even though, like you just say, people say that line, representation matters. How could I compete if I hadn't, as a little girl, see someone play? Well, you're not watching them play now. You didn't watch it. The tournament's going on right now. Do people not know that? You know this tournament has begun. It's happened. It's already started. The joke is people were more interested in me talking about it on Twitter than they are about ever actually watching this competition. That's why this is just a stupid political conversation this, generally yeah, this, rather this, than a real topical conversation. Then this, this is actually, I won't go too much because we're going to talk about later. This is something That's I want right. to talk about in, in the, the topic about you because I think, I mean, you just hit it on the head, but yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, it's all right. That's true. We've got to save some time for that because I feel like you guys can go off on that one a little bit as well. I would just add real quick here as well. I, for me personally, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't, not that like my opinion particularly matters at all, but it's like, I, I think I'm just exceptionally jaded with esports to the extent where it's like when I see any kind of advert on the telly talking about how, oh, we've gone green or we're carbon neutral by 2024. It's like, you don't give a fuck about the environment <laughs> you don't this is just now your your new thing to like advertise to people it's just a marketing ploy. i saw i think it was like shell or something did an advert where they were installing little like um like charge points 
hey, across what? the UK. And it's like, bro, you don't care about the environment. If you care about the environment, your oil. Be... Yeah, literally, it's like, it's like, come off it. Like, I don't believe it for a second. And and maybe it's that's just like not a great opinion to have or not a great like way to think about things. But I generally just like, I don't think people, well. I don't think the discussion of women in esports is even genuine to begin with. No, exactly. That's the whole. People, yeah, yeah. It's fifty percent more most people get to advertise Great. to and make and make money yeah. from. So, um, although I would also, I do believe absolutely that it's, it would be great if there were more women involved in in esports and gaming in, in general. Anyway, I do want to move on because, like I say, we've got a topic which I think you guys are going to narrow on about for a, for a hot minute. So that's going to be great. But uh, before we get to that, let's talk about uh, League of Legends and the LEC. Uh, Summer Split has started and Team Vitality, hot topic as they always will be with a team that has been built from just some of the best players, like Perks and Alfari, some of the best players that, that, that we've seen. And uh, it really fell through in the Spring Split and in Summer Split, they're still not like great, honestly. They're, they're okay, but still we have such high expectations of them. We've got to talk about them. They're not doing... They're not meeting those expectations right now. Just real quick, guys. I just want to know what do you think is going on Vitality? Do you think they can like bring it back around? Obviously, they they replace Selfmade in in the summer split here. He's gone now. He's not part of the team. So slightly fresher lineup. Um, you know, is it is it just like a, a gelling thing? Do you think they'll come into their own and, and ramp up towards playoffs, or is this a a project that's really just dead in the water? Honestly, um, I'll start with you, Thorin, because I've gone to Rich for the, for the past two. What do you think about Vitality in the LEC? Problem is, the only two wins they have at the moment are Misfits and BDS. BDS is like clearly the worst roster. It's not even really debatable. I don't think almost everyone agrees on that. And then Misfits, I notice practically every show has them on the downturn. They're not going to be as good without the Hirit guy and they're probably not going to make playoffs. So the issue is, there's not really been anything, I think, so far in the split to actually tangibly in the server give you hope. Like, it doesn't look that great. I True, I'm sure there is the scenario where apparently I, the assumption is the bow guys, the guy they really want is the jungler and they're starting out with the Haru guy and eventually all transitions. I'll say maybe it's not the complete roster yet, but like I haven't even seen that much change from the old roster. That's that's what's so killer for me. Like I, I still don't understand why everyone in that team just silently is just fine with whatever Labrov brings to that team. I don't get it. I don't. I genuinely don't get it. Like, I assume he, my assumption genuinely is he must be, like, self-made and he must just be shitting on all the scrims. Like, I can't get otherwise why they're just so fine with it. Like, and in general, I think the team has nearly all the same flaws. The, the laners don't look like they interact. The reason why it's a killer for me is this. You can at least build it into Alfari's narrative. Yes, he was always an amazing laner, wasn't always as great with the rest of the team. But usually the point is the rest of the team had flaws, so you can always blame on the teammates. The one that's weirdest to me is, like, I don't even think Perks does much wrong in this team. He looks like a pretty good player. He lanes pretty well. Champion pool's always fine. The issue is, this is why there really is no player. In the same way as it's very rare, one pro one player is the problem. You can be the worst part of the problem. You could be like a self-bidder or forgiven. But, but spoiler, you had bigger problems than that player if you really have to kick that guy. In the same way as one player isn't the problem, there's also no one player, by the way, who's the solution. That doesn't exist. So even if it's perks, I know now people will take this team when it doesn't accomplish anything. Go, ah, see, he was always over... You were inflating his value the whole... No, the point is, even he's just a player, mate, not a miracle worker like if you have the wrong team with the wrong style the wrong mentality the wrong in this team i even wondered that have the whole time is 
we just pretend like this team coaches itself, mate. We genuinely act like there's no coaching staff and they're, they're not supposed to adapt, figure out how to use players. We act like these players are supposed to coach each other. We really do on this team. It's why being a super team is the curse for my money. So unfortunately, I haven't seen any changes. I hoped because of the names, even if they just play 10% better, one or two players, you could win some more games. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Quite frankly, this project looks like it's failed to me. I know it's wild to say on like week two, but it really does. Like I don't really even, like I say, I can't even really get an angle to hope from because like I said, the perks angle, I don't even think he's playing bad, mate. I think that team you just can't do anything with. All right, you, uh, Rich, what are your thoughts on Vitality? Yeah, I mean, my, my conclusion is exactly the same as Sorin's. I, I think it looks doomed. I don't see a path back, really. Like, I can't imagine that these guys just get their shit together. I'm very quickly on self-made. Uh, I mean, we spoke about this a little bit last time and I also tweeted about this. Like, what fans need to understand is that playing well individually is like a fraction of your role. Yeah, it's a decent fraction, but it is a fraction of your role. It's not the be-all and end-all. Like, if you are the odd man out on and off the rift... Like, don't vibe with coaches, don't vibe with teammates. You're probably going to get kicked. That doesn't... Uh, by the way, it's not even me saying that self-made was, like, the bad apple necessarily. I have reason to believe that he probably was or one of several bad apples, maybe. But you have to be on the same page as other people as well. Like, if you... And it, he said this publicly, so we can state this for a fact. Him and the head coach really did not like each other at least from self-made side he really hated the coach his approach to the game and everything he was doing and they were bashing heads he said that himself on stream okay so we know that for a fact well even then that on its own probably you're thinking either he goes or the coach goes right and the coach is still there and he's gone so yeah this idea of like after every game people posting haha self-made was the problem i guess right like you're just so stupid like it's not even worth having a conversation with you unless you are literally season three faker then there's no scenario where you're going to stay on the team when everything else wants you gone right um i think in terms of like I mean, we could go player by player. I mean, my Alfari narrative is getting more and more validated day by day, I think. Like, as Thorin said, the, what Thorin said was the old narrative, or like the, the, the beta version of the narrative, which is Alfari was an amazing laner and took a lot of resources, but how much did he do for his team? That then evolved, in part because of people like me and what other people were saying, to actually... Can he even play outside a lane? Like, now we've, he's not on OG anymore. He's not solely playing for himself and just living inside lanes and pushing them to high heaven. Like, can he even team fight properly? Does he even understand how to play side when laning phase is over? Like, I don't think he does. I think he actually is not a good League of Legends player outside of lane. I think he's just bad. And I said it was a little bit sort of tongue-in-cheek-ish, but I said on Twitter again, like, is he even a top five top laner right now? Like, I, I, It's a question at least. Like, yeah, probably he is, but it's still, like, you would never in a million years have thought that could have been a question like a year and a sure. half ago even. So mm. that's crazy to me. Thorin touched on Labrov. I'm not going to comment on that. I'm his agent. So obviously I'm just going to say lots <laughs> of great things about him. Kazi's a joke. Like, Kazi, like, we can talk... Kazi's positioning both in lane and around, like, fights and objectives is terrible. Just go back and watch their last game. Like, people talk about that how badly Labrov played that fight uh, when he got caught on uh, the, the, the red side of River. It's like, yeah, sure. But do you know why he was there? Because for the third time in a row, Kazi just walked like he's not the AD carry, like a complete bot down the lane. And Labrov basically had to flash in front of him to block. And then he's out of position and obviously looks like a complete bot after that. Like, this guy, to me, is just not a good AD carry. Like, I, I do not rate him at all. Um, outside of that, as, as Torin said, I don't really have much to say about perks. The biggest insult I can give him is 
he doesn't look like he's really in sync with his teammates. But again, that's just a team identity thing. They've never like had... Just in teammates, maybe? Yeah. That would be one. If he really did put the team together, <laughs> yeah. I'll give him that. That's the knock well, him. Uh, yeah, him and Alfari at least seem to have been, you know, desperate to play with each other. And yes. they seem to be not working weird, at all. Yeah, just really weird. So that's that's the biggest insult I can give to him. He doesn't seem in, in sync By the way, teammates. I've got a weird sidebar on that that people might not know. Because you have to know pro players to know why they make this mistake. Because you'll have seen it happen loads in games like CSGO where there's more player agency. It's it, The question basically is, why would Perks be so horny to play with Alfari? Because if people don't know, this already was a proposed super team when he, before he went to Cloud9, there was even a rumour like CLG was going to have a team like this and be coached by like fucking LS or something mental. I know fans don't know that because guess what? Those shithead fake eggs that leak news don't have any real info like that. They just have shite that comes from an assistant coach who got fired from the fucking academy team, you morons. So, okay, like apparently this team was brewing for years. This was just going to happen. Well, the reason why it doesn't make sense is because this is the flaw. When these guys are friends with each other, the only time they play with each other is against each other in scrims. So you can make any excuse for failing you need there. Or in solo queue, where it's not even, you're not even really trying. Hey, it's all fun at that point. So the problem is this. They're mates with each other. Well, the problem is the way you talk to your mate is very different than the way you talk to your colleague. When you talk to your mate, it's all jokes. That's someone else's fault. Of course, like, nah, this fucking dickhead was in my way. He was holding me back the whole time. You can have those convos for hours when you're just mates. The problem is, what if you're then next teammates? And now it's like, oh, that guy's fucking all for you. No, he isn't. He's doing fine. You see what I mean? That you wrecked instantly. So it's why so many pros, they should not be given the power to make teams, I'm telling you. I know it seems wild because in the case of Perks, like you would obviously want his input. I certainly want to know who he thinks is good, but you don't ever let them make teams because they'll make teams like this over and over again, I'm telling you guys. They'll, they will just put together players where the joke is like, we were all the guy who had the status to say, well, it's not my fault. And then we're all on one team together with no one left to blame. Like that'll happen. They'll the, do the, like that. Yeah, the thing is as well, is it kind of, <laughs> the, uh, he kind of does his own grave a little bit in the sense that stylistically I mean Perks likes jungle attention Alfari fucking loves jungle attention and the they're, they're trying to be lane centric with a jungler who I mean if you watched Haru on X7 this guy had a lot of license to do what he wanted he had a lot of agency he was really good to be honest again it's hard to like fully judge a player in a, in a much worse league and I would say yeah, that EU Masters he wasn't that great people are pretending that he was really good at EU Masters he wasn't he had like a couple of good games, but he was nothing like he was domestically. Mm -hmm. But regardless, he was a good jungler in the RLs. He had a lot of agency. You've now, I know he's not the, as you said, Bo's meant to come in or whatever, but you've got two laners who basically want want you to be their bitch. Like, I don't know, it just doesn't, didn't really, didn't really make any sense. So I, I see no path to success here. I actually see no path. I don't know what has to check. Like, I don't know what they can even do. I literally can't, I can't come up with a plan. I mean, the things I would do are just, unrealistic and not financially sound like i'd kick kazi i'd get another ad carry in i'd probably kick alfari to be honest like they're, but they're not going to do that and they shouldn't because of the money invested and so on so i have no idea what the fuck they're going to do and i think we both i think we both said they might miss playoffs we had them at sixth at best at least if we didn't yes. yeah. they, they, worst playoff team for they sure. won't they won't that be was... they won't challenge they won't challenge so just real quick, you guys are still sticking with your prediction. You both said they they'd finish sixth place, which is the last playoff. Oh, spot. did I? No, still... seventh, seventh. Because like, I can't. Uh, we've got so obviously Rogue, Fnatic, G two. They'll 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 lock. It would uh, be one of Astralis, SK, or BDS, or Misfits that would take the spot instead of Vitality if Vitality so, falls. Oh, XL, XL are better. Yeah, XL are better for sure. Mad look much better. And then they have to be sixth, I think. Who they're they're sixth already. 
Yeah. Oh right. So I, it's six. Still, be six. Yeah. If they weren't six, Astralis, SK, BDS, or Misfits would be ahead. Only of Astralis, you would think at this point. I guess could. I guess they're still sick. I guess they're still sick. Yeah. They're gonna be default, six. Really, yeah. <laughs> it seemed like especially. Even though, yes, that's when I don't. My Astralis call. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. That was a pure fluke. <laughs> obviously, I don't even pretend to have any insight on that one. It was just just narrative building, as it were. All right, let's move on to my my favorite part of today. I'm really looking forward to this, actually. Um, Thorin has found himself another fan. Oh, exciting stuff. So a YouTuber uh, called TDM Jesus put out a uh, video earlier this week titled How Thorin Became the Most Hated Man in Counter-Strike. Pretty and neutral actually, topic. You know, yeah, not yeah. Lord, I mean, it's fucking title there. Pushing the votes out on this one as well. Like, I'm just sad that he like narrowed it to only Counter Strike. Why can't he just be esports? True. Man? Well, the joke yeah. is at that point in time. That's that, by the way. You know the saddest thing of all, Rich. That's the other thing I learned from my experiences online. Is the problem in the modern days? People are so stupid. There is no such thing as parody. They just assume you're serious. Like yeah. the joke is, you know, when people take that famous rant I had about esports, right? And they put it like they'll famously they'll put it in like an anime setting or they'll make me like Darfin. they don't get that was what i was going for it was i was intentionally chewing the scenery like that that is why it even actually looks funny slash cool when you put it in that setting you idiots they don't get it they'll never get it sadly because I, I agree you just amplify it like fuck it if i'm the most hated in cs why not just all of these in fact why not just the entire human race yeah yeah why, not, why right? hate is not like reviled or oh, hated absolutely hated listen like yeah. not even like can take him all even just i actually hate it. i don't want him to exist he shouldn't. In fact, why Thorin shouldn't exist corporeally could be the other title of this video. Okay, well, there you go. If you're watching this, as I'm sure lots of Thorin fans are watching, which is actually quite interesting, isn't it? People who like to say they hate Thorin and he's irrelevant do consume quite a lot of your content, actually. So uh, they, they might actually pick up on that title and uh, make that for the next one. But it, anyway, enough mucking about. Well, not actually. I want you guys to muck around for this whole question here. We're just... I want to talk about this, Thorin, mate. Um, why don't people like you? I mean, how much time have you got? There's a lot of look, the point is there are a lot of there's a lot of like a mixture of like specifics, but more general topics. I'll give you a, I'll give you a bunch of abstract topics people don't think about at all, right? I'm not exaggerating. As far as I can tell, there are maybe like if we're talking about an individual game like a League of Legends or a CSGO, you might maybe get a small handful of people who never get properly hated on. As in, like, it's only, like, the odd person hates on. Like, even, like, casters, I'd take it that, we're all in broadcast stuff, I'll take it to casting world immediately, right? It isn't really that you hate Semler if you're a CSGO fan. What you really mean is you're just bored of him. You just heard him too much. You've literally heard him do like 10 majors. You've heard him do 1 billion matches. That's why, if you notice famously, I think people even joke about with me is all the famous like verbal ticks I have, right? And they're not really verbal ticks, even they're just how I construct a sentence or thought. It's just they haven't ever heard themselves for 1,000 hours. So they don't know that they would also say like, well, that's what I think, or well, here's the thing or something. They would have their own version of it, right? So basically part of the problem is... Like, 
I'd have to be the most interesting guy of all time for people to really watch me for like 10,000 hours and never in any way be annoyed or bored or put off. Like, I'm not a fucking superhuman. I'm just a guy. And then also, like, remember, it's not like I, I didn't plan in 2014 when I made the YouTube channel or whatever, like, oh, and I have to make it so that 10 years from now, all the same people still want to watch everything. Like, that's not even a consideration. Like, the framing's so off there. So to me, it's totally logical that you would have your rise and your fall. You would have your period where you're popular. You'd have your period where you no longer fit with the times. Now you're out dated you don't in my case I'm, this is what people don't get basically I can summarise it like this I actually had a lot of my success was incidental in this sense Foxtrop in the sense that I wasn't someone who crafted my content to make it popular if it hadn't have sort of been taken up by the zeitgeist I wouldn't be popular now I would be where I was in esports before I was just a guy on my own little niche grinding that's all I did so and some of it's happenstance I actually consider a lot of it luck like my YouTube success like I'll give you an example the reason I used to be able to do a YouTube video it was just me and a webcam with no editing all one take and it could get 300,000 views spoiler isn't because I'm the most fascinating person in the world there was fuck all people making videos like that back then. And when they did, they were so occasional. They never were related to the esports side. It was always like, this champion is the new good jungler. So when someone was finally making it in esports, that's going to get to the top of Reddit. There's no, it's like there's no one else in this pond. I'm the biggest fish. Well, over time, not only do you get people like me, so they're competing directly with my content, but over time, like, it's like Richard always says about esports games now. You shouldn't even think of esports games as competing against each other. They compete against all entertainment on the internet. Like, like essentially, League of Legends doesn't compete against CSGO. It competes against Netflix and fucking Among Us and, and even just shite like fucking YouTube. Like, of course it does. So basically, I would also say, like, I think it's totally natural that people would have a life cycle. Like if fucking someone in politics or sports, where they like you for a few years, they're indifferent for a few, maybe they don't like you later on. I don't actually find the whole thing that weird. Like, because essentially, I don't have the premise of, like, everyone must love me. I find it totally reasonable. In the same way as I'm a very a very picky person, a very petty, and there's plenty of people I don't like. I'm sure there's plenty of people like that about me. Whatever. Uh, and Rich, obviously, as um, you're, you, I, I expect you as someone who makes a lot of content with Thorin, a friend of Thorin, to have a plethora of reasons as to why people would uh, would hate on him. So I want to give your your lowdown on, uh, on why you think he's so See, detestable. well, on the last topic, or whichever topic it was, I was very abstract, and Thorin was much more specific. Thorin's been much more abstract and I'm going to get really specific, right? Because I'm actually going to talk about some specific reasons why I think people don't like Thorin and then make a more sort of twist ending thing to it, right? I don't really know how I'm going to go about this, but I'm going to go for a couple of examples, which I think Thorin would agree. Because again, keep in mind, by the way, and I've kind of given away the ending here already, but keep in mind that this isn't a conversation about right and wrong. It's why people don't like you or do like Clarity. you. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, as an example, um, the the whole thing with Poland, right? Back in the day, for people that don't know, Thorin was due to do uh, Katowice. He appeared on a podcast just before then. I can't remember your exact wording. Basically called Poland a shithole or, or something like that. That's like, the worst country in Europe. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, call it a show. So... The thing is, and this is like the dishonesty of this kind of stuff with like 95% of the people that sort of review this, is everyone has said this about a country or a place that they've been to. If you haven't, you are lying. You are straight up lying. What you've never said that you've been somewhere like, oh yeah, we went to that bar, it was a shithole. Or oh, we went to that country, it was a shithole. Or oh, that city uh, went there and it was a shithole. Now, admittedly, 
there is a difference between saying that in a colloquial sense amongst your friends or whatever and having a platform and calling a country a shithole. So this would be the reason why people would dislike Thorin for that particular thing, right? Especially, for example, Polish people. So that is understandable, right? But again, the problem is, and this goes back to what we were saying before, is people don't even use that argument. People don't even say, oh, I think when one has a sizable platform that they should be responsible about the things that they say. Which again is a coherent argument and you're allowed to not like what he said because of those reasons. Did anybody say that? No. I mean, probably a couple of people did. But again, it's, and this happens I, with... It's just as an aside, I also didn't, believe it or not. Like, if you don't know, here's, this is actually another reason. Maybe that's a quick aside I can make. I'll tell you another thing, actually, that actually fucked me over was that a lot of the drama, people make it sound like the drama's all now recently. You'll notice those are nothing. They're all just storming a team, garbage Twitter fights. All the drama happened too early before I was an established person. Like, I've always said, basically, the joke now is, you two, if you want to get me kicked out of esports, you're done now. I have to leave like Richard is, otherwise I'll never be gone. You can't kick me because I actually have now got the Charles Barkley status where as much as people might be outraged, people are just going to go, oh, whatever, it's Charles Barkley, who cares? Like, I get that now. I didn't have that at the time though, Rich. This is what people don't know. At the time of the Katowice event, I'm going to guess I had like 10k Twitter followers. Like I had a YouTube, but it wasn't something I published on. I worked for a website. Like at the time, I had a way smaller platform. Even the show I was seeing these comments on was a show like this show here. That's about just people who was. It's a super niche show of people just talking shit about the industry. The entire premise was it's called Unfiltered. It was about hot takes. That was even the whole thing. People don't know that is the show that spawned Destiny. That is where the yeah, guy, that is true. where his whole career now came from. It wasn't from the stream and it was doing that show and having political debates and stuff like, you know, stuff about all the drama of the day. So if people don't even know, the funny thing is, they also do that, you notice. They they retcon it like I am who I am today with all the same power and influence. But like at all times in my life, I was that guy. Like I wasn't even that guy in 2014. The joke is in 2014, Rich here would only have known me from like a fucking text article or something. Like he would have never met me at an event or something. I wasn't, some, I wasn't a massive person back then, believe it or not. I was just a guy in the industry. No, yeah, that's that a that is a good um, that's a good point. People do that with everything. It's like you're on this pedestal now. I'm going to take everything that's convenient to me and then teleport it into ten years. Yeah, ridiculous. But regardless, I mean, even I, even if they were to say, okay, even given that though, you had some kind yeah, of platform sure. and you were a broadcast, like on broadcast or whatever, and so that's why I have a problem with it. Completely, I would say that's like a completely fair critique to have, and I think that you know people like. Uh, Joe Rogan, you know, biggest podcast in the world, arguably. People have a go at him sometimes for not doing enough research on certain guests that come on and whatever. And I think when you have a platform that big, yeah, probably it is a good idea to be able to know if there's something that's brought up which might be misinformation to tackle it. Like, so yeah, I mean, whatever. But again, the problem is, and it's gonna, this is gonna be a recurring theme, guys, with a lot of these specific things. The problem is, even if you can carve out something where you're like, this was bad, this isn't actually what happened. And if people claim this is what happened, it is just a pure retcon. Um, and again, taking something, and by the way, this is what I would call a failure in strategy, right? Because if Thorin's goal was to be liked, to be universally liked, which you can correct me if I'm wrong, Thorin, but I'm pretty sure you don't give a fuck about what most people think about yeah, you. I actively not like to be universally right. liked. Sounds like a nightmare, to be fair. Right, exactly. I'd, listen, I'd like the people I like to like me. Aside from that, the rest of you can all just go fuck off, obviously. So, yeah, for, if his goal was to be universally liked, then you have made a lot of fucking mistakes. But again, oh. the difference between 
an objective mistake of right and wrong or good or bad or whatever is not the same as the perception and the dishonesty that people apply to it after the fact. Another one I'll bring up. Well, okay? That was the hilarious thing in that video, dude. That, that actually did make me laugh. It's when he kept framing it like, but he didn't win, guys. It's like, win what? Like, you just mean the popularity contest? Like, I didn't win because everyone on the internet didn't agree with me. Like, I don't know if you don't know my personality. I don't give a fuck. Like, that. in fact, my whole premise, if I had to describe my career in one sentence, it is I want to express the ideas I have in exactly the way I have them. If you understand that about me, you understand everything about me. Yeah, and this this is the thing. This, this is another example I, I, I would give. So... Another thing which I would call the strategical mistake that Thorin repeatedly makes, in my opinion, is when Mo, if people don't know, Mo from Counter-Strike uh, Counter personality, he was briefly a pro player, but he's more famous for raging his tits off on live streams or whatever. He said the F word, right? Not fuck. He said the gay slur, the F word. And strategically, when these kind of things come up, if you want to be popular, you don't want to ruffle any feathers or whatever... You just leave it alone. You don't say anything. Or you say, you know, he made a mistake. He said a bad word, but, you know, give him a chuck, whatever. You made, again, the strategical mistake of trying to talk about the etymology and explaining why maybe this is like an unfair framing, blah, blah, blah. And obviously that is never going to go down well on a public forum. But again... I knew that, the, by the way. Don't worry about that. I yeah, knew of that course. Go down well. But again, that the exact... <laughs> and by, by the way, like if... I would say, but if I'm being completely honest on this one, if I didn't know you and know what your general approach is, I would be a bit suspicious of someone talking about the etymology of that word. But because I know that you argue in good faith and I can draw a line between, you know, the things that, that you say and how you actually feel about them, or at least I feel that I can do that. I thought that it was a complete argument in good faith. The problem is, again, the people analysing it and criticising it are pretending like they've never said this word before, like they've never said similar words before, and that you're a bad person because you said it. And they don't even make, again, the point of like, well, I just think when you have a platform, it's best to leave it alone or something, you know, strategically, like, let's not talk about this. No, they don't do that. Like me personally, I can say I, I haven't done for years. I used to use that word all the time in gaming, all the time. And I never, I never thought about what the word actually meant. To me, it was just synonymous with, I don't know, idiot cunt virgin like if someone kills me in game basically i'd say you fucking f i would say it all the time all the time and i think basically i can't know this but i guess that's what mo was was saying it uh, or uh, the reason why why he said it, it just it's one of he even reasons. clarified that he meant it like idiot or something yeah, like that himself. And, I think he did a tweet where he did yeah, the uh, same thing with like the sadicist when he said the n-word again uh, that one I think is a little more difficult for people to get their head around because I do think it is less common for people to like say that all the time but it's still coherent as an argument like you can choose to believe him or not and I think that the problem is and again, with the the set, we talked about this earlier, the Semler situation where Semler came out and made um, the comments that he made. If I'm being honest, I thought what Semler said was pretty clumsy. Again, I like knew like you. I think I knew what he was trying to say or whatever, but I do think he worded it very badly. And again, in that situation, most people strategically, if you want to be loved by everyone, if you want to be liked by everyone, you leave it alone, or you basically come out and you do the, the half and half sort of pussy thing of saying, I think, you know, give him a, he meant to say this, I'm sure he didn't mean it, whatever. And you went, 
full board. And again, this is one of the reasons why I feel comfortable in saying with the F word situation, with all these other kinds of situations that I believe that you argue in good faith is because you had no personal gain to do from going out there other than to bat for your friend. Who no, you no, believe... no, I don't actually like the more guy, for example. So in that case, yeah. that's why that's the craziest whatever. I, that guy's even a fucking enemy of man. Yeah, but it, I mean, you, yeah. you've consistently yeah, really. gone out to bat for people who you believe deserve to have a, sure. some sort kind of defence, even if it serves you no end and most likely it's going to get you into shit with other people. So yeah, I think strategically you've met... And I would also throw in a couple of other things, by the way. And again, I, I, the reason I want to bring up this is because I think this is like, a, a, again, a societal framing thing that people do all the time, which I really object to. I remember when I remember, I came across this a couple of years ago. I didn't see it at, at the time. I think on one of your side channels, you interviewed Sargon, right? Uh, Sar oh, Sargon sure, of the yeah. Cards. For people who don't know, he used to be, I think, the head of UKIP at one point or one of the... Uh, I think he was at the last election cycle. Yeah, I think he was. And he, he's a YouTuber and he obviously, he's like very edgy. He's on the right side of the aisle. He says lots of things that... And me personally... I, I really dislike Sargon. And I remember when I came across this, uh, that I'd seen that you'd done an uh, interview with him. At the time, in the moment, I winced a bit. I was like, oh God, like really? Sargon? I was like, ugh. And to be fair, and this is how I'm making my point, I didn't watch the interview. I know nothing about the interview. All I know is that you interviewed Sargon. That interview, that discussion could have gone in any way, shape or form. I have no idea what your motives are. I could have made guesses but that would be an unfair and an unreasonable thing to do. And I remember clicking on the, the thing, I didn't watch it, and reading the comments and seeing basically people saying stuff like, oh, I'm really disappointed in you, Thorin, like giving this guy a platform, blah, blah, blah. And again, I'm against giving people like that a platform unless you know, you're know you gonna challenge them or you're gonna talk about different things or at the very least being educated on what they know so you can check them if they need to be checked or anything. Again. I didn't see it, so I didn't, I'm not going to make some massive judgment and be like, oh, whatever. But again, just purely, and this happens a lot, by the way. You did one with uh, Solbra, people like this. Oh, right. yeah, again, sure. strategically, terrible if you want to be universally loved, because obviously this guy has a lot of people who back him and believe what he says is good, and he has lots of great uh, life lessons in terms sure. of diet, health, whatever. And then on the other side, you have people who think the complete opposite, and he's a fraud, and what he's saying isn't based in science, and blah, blah, blah. And I could just see, for example... If I see that video next to the Sargon video, next to the um, Ian, whatever he's called, guy, like oh, I might... Miles Chong. Uh, Eels yeah. Miles Chong. I can make some absolute damning judgment and be like, oh, this is a right-wing account, uh, alt-right account, blah, 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 whatever. And, you know, the, this, this kind of a thing. But again, those things are neither inherently good or bad. It doesn't mean anything. It means you had a conversation with someone. But the way that people frame these narratives, that is a, that is a check mark against you. You've lost brownie sure, points. Yeah. If you if everyone starts at 50, you can reach 100 or go to zero. You did an interview of Sargon. Sorry, down to 45. Oh, Ian as well. Ooh, down to 40. We're picking up speed here. Oh, Solbright. Might as well just put you at zero now, right? So in terms of why people dislike you, and by the way, I'll just say this. I don't know. Again, like I can just guess from snippets or whatever. Like this isn't something that, you know, me and Thorin don't regularly like talk about politics in general or whatever. Because again... I don't care. If I had to guess, I would suspect that there are loads of things that we disagree about politically. But to me, it doesn't matter because, as I said, to me, the underlying thing is I know whatever you back, whatever it is that you personally believe in, I believe that you 
approach it in good faith and you talk about it in good faith and i believe that is provable by your actions of how you go to bat for people and how you represent or are willing to put yourself in the firing line needlessly purely because you think an injustice has been done against someone else and people who are fake people who represent the left and say as an example say they would love to see women in esports but they don't do anything about it they don't really care about it or whatever if i don't see you do anything in action or at least be consistent then i have no reason to believe that that's true so when situations present themselves when there is only downside for you personally as far as I can see in terms of going forward and you consistently do put yourself forward and in the firing line then I don't give a fuck what your political views are in in broad spectrum right the, of, of an individual or whatever because I know that that person is well-intentioned and is willing to bat not just for themselves but for the other people that they believe are worthy of that defense so yeah uh, basically the, the underlying thing is it's the pleb war right and the, an approach that you have is never going to win the pleb war because they always want, and this is the killer, they always want you to be someone yes. who they're not. They're, they're not even the person they want you to be. It's insane. It's crazy. They 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 use slurs in their in their private lives, and that's you know whatever. But they find it unacceptable that you could do that. And again, there can even be arguments to be made, but they don't even make the arguments. So the conversation goes nowhere, and you just auto lose a, a, a public perception war, and nothing is is gained or lost. And by the way, one last thing. This is I, I I don't even really want to talk about this. I just want to ask a question. This is like a really random aside, but one of the things that was brought up in the video was that the uh, you once referred to or like made a comparison to Reggie being like a character in Planet of the Apes or whatever. Oh, that was wild, isn't it? Because yeah. no one has ever accurately described what I said there. Yeah. I explicitly, in the fucking thing I say, say it is only on the basis of his character. Yeah. That's in the transcript of what I say. That Not only that, but what I want to understand here, because there's also oh, the thing, uh, it, it, this is like a, a side point. I might get in, in trouble for this. So I have to be okay. careful with my wording. But why, how, so I've always understood that like calling someone an ape or a monkey or whatever is, uh, can be seen as like racist if you use it against a black right. person for whatever reasons. Because obviously you're basically, you're picking something that looks like a humanoid, but is more dumb yeah, and has the same, yeah, same color or whatever. I, to me, it doesn't really make sense that that can be universally applied to like every race. Like what? I, I that's another game what? they play, mate. What they do is they said this. This is again where everyone gaslights you that they're all like you say a perfect human who's never done anything, and they and everyone knows this. People said no joke because remember in in Reginald's case, like I don't know where country he's ethnically from. He's obviously some form of Asian. He's Asian, somewhere. right? That's about all I knew, right? People told me he's from like Cambodia, and that actually there is like an underlying thing of like Cambodian people being got. It's like who the fuck knew all that? But like also. Remember, that, by the way, that summarizes in a nutshell why these internet discussions are worthless. Like, if someone said something that sounded like it was a little bit incendiary, the first thing you would do if you were communicating is try and communicate. You would try and find out what did you mean by that. They don't. In fact, even if they know you didn't mean this, because it's possible to infer that, they'll just run with that forever. That just tells me that is by definition a bad faith argument, you know. Yeah, but also then he talked about like calling the Brazilian team monkeys or whatever. How is it possible that ape slash monkeys is simultaneously racist against Hispanic or um, Brazilians it's or whatever, Asians and and blacks. Is it racist against whites as well to call someone a monkey? Like I I don't understand this. And again, I'm coming I'm coming from this. You know, please frame this as I'm coming from this as like childlike innocence. I genuinely have no idea how it works because logically in my head, 
to use to equate someone or a race to an animal, there needs to be some kind of connection. Otherwise, because the goal is to hurt, right? You, the goal is to, to cause pain. So if you call a black person a monkey, you're saying that they, they look like as, as, look like them. They have similar physical characteristics or whatever, same color, and they're, and they're, and they're dumb. So you're like creating that personal connection. But if I call, uh, whatever, if I call them a kangaroo, even if kangaroos were like famously dumb, that, that that's just a really random insult, right? So I don't understand how the the I don't understand how the Reginald thing ever got called racist, unless what you say is that they were talking about this Cambodia thing. In which, if that's true, that's a bad faith argument. But then, then again, he brings up the article after the uh, comments about the Luminosity team and the words they use is racist, and I'm like, is is it racist to call? A, 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 a light-ish skin Brazilian uh, monkey? Like, what? I don't understand. Is this just a, a racist animal that can just be blankly applied to anything? So I thought that was really strange and just unfair as a, a, a critique in general, just completely stupid. But yeah, as I said, to, to summarise, I think that this is much more about, you know, p the consistency of the person who's critiquing what's happening rather than actually having serious discussions like again people just want to be outraged they they don't expect you to be like them they expect you to be something much better than them which they don't expect of themselves and i think that is always yeah you know this is an unwinnable public war and no one should care about winning that war so i would say at the end of all that i would just say this Again, let's just go with the framing because how you frame things and where you start does massively dictate where the conversation goes. I would just say this. Who else who just makes YouTube videos who was never a pro and gives their opinion on video gameplays? Who else needs to be obsessed over like this and have videos made and people debate it and for years, hmm, when were you blocked? Oh, I was blocked years ago, but were you blocked? This? I don't know if I really did anything. Who, would, who needs that? Like... What, think of anyone else you know who makes videos that you like. Why is that even a factor? Surely you just did it's a binary, isn't it? Did you watch the video? No, no problem then. Move on. I don't even get what the drama is personally. That's a by the way, that's always been one thing I've found utterly bizarre. Is like, remember, I worked in esports where I was just the one covering esports for like 12 years or something. I don't know why I'm part of the story, but I have no problem with it. It's, it's whatever. Here's, here's the problem people don't get. And this is why videos like that will always ultimately seem really stupid. Like I said, the way he framed it, so like, but he wasn't winning fans. Like, winning what? You are aware every year I have more earning potential than I ever had the past years. I get the cool thing is, here's the joke. You know, when he was showing how I'm doing less events, well, he doesn't know how much money I make per event. Yeah, the joke is, mate, in 2015, when I did 17 events, I made like a thousand per event. Joke, a thousand wouldn't even be my day rate now. Like, you can't, you see how that scales differently. Like, guess what? My dream, and this might be important for fans, my dream isn't to have the most YouTube subscribers. My dream isn't to do every CSGO event. I've done too many CSGO events. I even would fully admit it. Like, right now, I'm in a tough spot because on the one hand, the only event I would do would be the biggest event, but you can't really get that event if you don't do any other event. And at the same time, if I do another event, it's worth it for the money, but it isn't for the interest. Like, if I do an online tier two, it's not really that worth it. Like, I might do the odd one if I had nothing that week and the money was good. So, what people don't know is, like, the real problem with that video as well is I am now almost 40 years old, guys. I don't have the same career path or aspirations as the kind of person watching that video and judging me who's 18 or 25 or something. Like, I'm doing something very different in my career right now. I'm actually, if you haven't noticed, I'm not doing it as openly as Richard, but I am gradually transitioning out of esports. Now, for me, I'm just such a nutter. I might always make content. Maybe I'll do my own thing in esports, but it'll be a different type. So basically, the reason I just found that whole thing a bit silly is I don't even think of it that way, mate. It's like, if you fuck about content, great. 
enjoy it. If you don't, don't worry. I'm not going to ever fucking, well, what, what reason though? Oh, please, like, just go, just go. If you've got awesome content elsewhere, just go watch it, mate. No skin off my nose. No skin off man. My my contribution to this argument... Um... Fox Give me like a real take because here's the thing me and you don't know each other that well. We've done a few episodes of some of the insights. What would uh -huh. you take? Because I will say, you notice one thing that's very interesting. Richard does find this himself is the difference between people who only know of me in the industry and people who actually know me is always massive. Because I notice mm. once people actually know me, a lot of it makes sense, you know. I think so. For starters, like I don't really keep on top of who said what and, and yeah, what's going on because I feel sure. like. What does it contribute to the to it's like just the value of my it, life? Yeah, it's just gossip, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I can't be asked, so I can't can't lean into any specifics. My my from from my limited experience, though, I don't think you're you're not really that against the grain in general. Like you're just you don't follow the the whole kind of consensus and and to be honest, sort of like hive mindness of of the internet. Like like like. Uh, social media, even places like Reddit or Twitter or, you know, any, any like esports in general, they're all very like they're quite left leaning and they all have very similar uh, beliefs and, and, and whatever. And then, yeah, you know, and yet Trump was elected and yet Brexit's a thing, you know, like you don't it doesn't represent your average person. I think, honestly, you have pretty you just like your average person's opinion. But and the kicker is it's not really a kicker at all. But like the thing is that like, you I don't think you give care much for tact you just say oh, I don't. that's always just like, the way i'm real this is just the thing is that you just you have opinions that might be a little bit against or not not even what like obviously you don't say anything wild like you don't say i think if you're gay you shouldn't compete in esports you know you don't have any like really well, wild like that. i've ever said that there. No. like you just might say something like if you're gay um why should you have your own tournament or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that would be know, That's like, a valid question. Like you, yeah. you, you know, you'd say something like that, which, to be honest, as an argument, would have a lot of nuance to it anyway, and far more than you would be able yeah, to fit yeah. into a tweet, which is what you would probably deliver it in. Um, and then you, but you, you know, you like a statement like that is gonna is gonna get flack. Oh, of course, we, everyone, and we all know it. And which is yeah, why yeah. I would to tweet something like that if that was my belief. I would contextualize it. There you go. I don't think you would. No, <laughs> because no. you think the statement by itself is like you haven't directly said anything like wrong. You're just gonna, you know, you're just gonna catch heat. And I just think you don't care about just catching let it heat. Sit. Fact, I think Monty described like it the best. Fire, I think it was like a four horseman episode. Monty said I, he actually does think I am really good at PR and esports, just not for myself. So oh, that, for sure. That's actually a great. I've heard you talk point. about what like other players, that advice you've given people, yeah, and things like that. Like I think you know exactly what it is. I yeah, just yeah. really think you, absolutely. If there's if there's honestly one person in esports, I think is completely out of fucks to give. As sort of cringy as that phrase is, or maybe even never had them to begin with. Hands down, it's you. You know, you both of you two are, are up there. That's what kills the me though, when like... they act like, like when they pull out the social blade, Rich. It's like, are we really going to play this yeah. game? Are we going to act like I couldn't have just tweeted for the whole spring split? I think Flackhead's underrated, if anything, and just, just farmed hits all day long. Like, I, I'm not joking. I could. Uh, maybe I should even just do this, except for the fact that I have to sacrifice my whole integrity, wouldn't I? Unless it was like a public skit. You think I couldn't for one month, Rich, just try and get like 10 million Twitter impressions? Of course I could. I could do it like that tomorrow, mate. It'd be easy.
The question is this. How do you actually carve out a niche and make all your money and do everything you want to do while saying the opinion no one wants to hear? That's a fucking hard mode. That's the nightmare mode to play. And I've, been, I've completed that game. See, in the same way that what Fox said about, like, you could make a statement, like he, he said, and, and not be wrong, but get catch loads of flack. I'm doing the opposite of that. And also what you just suggested, where what I'll do is I'll have my cake and eat it. I'll put out a tweet, a perfectly beautifully worded tweet, by the way, like, Flacked is pretty good, which without context could mean anything in the context of the world. Is he world class? Is he pretty good in the context of LEC or just in the Euro, whatever? Farm the fuck out of those to everyone's following now, or just getting thousands of random Spanish people liking the tweet or whatever. And then afterwards, two hours after it, you know, the tweet starts slowing down a bit, I put. In the context of EU, he's probably moved okay. from the 30th best to about the 10th best. <laughs> All right. And then I've kept my integrity and sure. got what I wanted. And you're just farming idiots. There's nothing to feel guilty about. So, yeah. And a lot of these people, to be honest, they'd probably unfollow as quickly as they followed. But they don't yeah. stick around for that, do they? They're just off to see what is the next Spanish tweet that I have to like. So, yeah, it's brilliant. But no, also as well, I think as a general point that I that really irritates me like people are so quick and i've had i won't i won't name names but they're very guessable people are so quick to just divorce themselves from other people because there are certain things that they don't agree on as i said that i don't know if i don't know anyone on the planet who agrees with me on or shares all of my beliefs or whatever but as long as you believe as i said before that they're well-intentioned or they they make their points in good faith like why do you feel like oh my god this person said this and i actually think differently about this piece of legislation so now we can't be friends like why are you so quick to just divorce these people from your life like if you're going to live your life only going with people who like fully agree with you on on everything first of all you're going to become a complete narcissist which shock horror happens every single time this kind of thing happens and you're just going to have no perspective or nuance on everything and these people are always very black and white like I, I just I just find it stupid. Like don't unless they did something to you or someone you yeah, like or did something really objectionable, don't just divorce people from your lives because they don't share your exact ten commandments or creed that you've come up with as, as being the objective truth. By the way, obviously we're running out of a bit of time, so we're gonna have to do the prediction. Yeah. All I'll just say as a final note is this. The real joke of all those discussions is they never themselves are part of the story, if you noticed that. Like, here's the real thing I would say after having observed the internet and social media for like 10 years for social media now. It's made everyone look mental. It's made all discussions worse. Everyone is massively polarised and everyone purity spirals constantly and it's just taking the moral high ground. Like, Twitter is a shithole for everyone. Like, here's the joke. Like, who's like the only person in esports who doesn't get hit, right? A naive fan is going to say someone like shocks, right? You've never seen her DMs, you moron. Even someone like her is just inundated with the shittiest comments ever. Like, that's just the internet now. So, as much as you all want to be like, how did Thor We all changed, you idiot. We all got radicalized by bloody stupid social media shit. It's, it's ruining all of our brains. We should all just get off Twitter, really. If that, if that isn't a fact right at the end there, then I don't know what is. But as you say, we're running out of time. Let's get to the predictions here. So, we got uh, last week it was Rogue versus Fnatic. Uh, and Rich, you predicted Rogue. Thorin predicted Fnatic uh, and Fnatic won. So Thorin is up 1 0 in our, in our Who Wins series here. I want and, to uh, some mad luck on it. For some reason, specific, I, I, found, I found my niche, Rich. When I was just betting against the world, I was terrible. I used to get loads of predictions as well. Against you, I can't lose, mate. Like, even, if I, even on the 50 50s, I win them all. It's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that one, I'm not joking. It's one of those ones where if you'd have wanted the other side, I could have taken the other side of that one. Well, I thought it was like a 50 50 personally. I feel like I've lost every 50 50, actually. It's mad, isn't it? 
It's G2 Fnatic this week, and I feel like there this is more. about as 50-50 as you can get so. as well. Yeah. Um, arguably so. So who's it going to be? Who's going to win versus G2 and Fnatic? Thorin, who, who are you taking for this one? I'm taking Fnatic for this one. And the reason okay. why, here's the problem. This is a little bit different from how I normally do my predictions because normally I have a bunch of different rules I designed for doing like CSGO events so I could quickly streamline my predictions. Basically, I usually do go with who I think the overall better team is because obviously in the long run, they should win more games. But the problem is in this specific matchup, I actually am essentially just betting on the strength of the Fnatic players and the roster. Like I, I really do think that when this team is finished, this particular five-man lineup of Fnatic, whether it wins or not, it will be known as like one well, of the best league legends teams in europe like there's just the quality of the players they don't even have to like have a coherent style and they can win a game against tons of people so the problem i have with g2 is i do think g2 is a good team but like I'd, i don't put it this way i sort of don't buy the honeymoon period they've had at the beginning of this split like every single player with some of these games was playing well like i don't know if i if they can really do that then they're gonna win the whole split and be the best team so i just i'm just a little bit of a skeptic of like i think they've sort of like overperformed a bit whereas i still think fanatic still got like untapped depth as it was so i'm gonna take the fanatic lineup as better players rich is in on the fanatic untouched depth what do you what depth are you touching here rich no think? i mean i i agree that like the fanatic lineup is such that at any point it could just go on a run or just emerge as the best team but i think g2's had a surprisingly not been really affected by their msi hangover it seems and obviously narrative wise the last time they played they won 3-0 right um and i also think it, i think it is also worth noting that that fanatic performance against bds was pretty shitty like they easily could have lost that game so i'm just going to go on recency the fact that g2 beat them last time the fact that g2 do actually look like pretty clean right now and i'm just hoping that my 50 50 lands heads this time all right, two 50-50s, Fnatic for Thorin, G2 for Rich. But with that, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for watching. As always, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.